Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese. I'm back once again with Brian, the Soul Man Solak. And today we have a special guest, our pro wrestling correspondent, Tony DeFrancisco. Uh, welcome for the first time, Tony. Welcome to the big show. Welcome. I was glad to be here. Thank you very much. All right. As everybody knows, uh, we, we talk Seattle sports, but something a little bit different going on. A little craziness is a happening in the world of combat sports, regardless of what you feel about it. That's how pro wrestling has been classified these days. And that is uh, going on in All Elite Wrestling. For many of you out there who don't know, All Elite Wrestling is a competitor to the WWE. And yes, we will talk about Seahawks in the second half of this show with the SoCal Seahawks, Rob English himself. But there is just a fascinating craziness that's going on this last week that we just got to talk about. Tony, could you tell our fans out there who may not know, just maybe in a, just give us the two minute version of the weirdness that happened at the pay-per-view all out this last Saturday. Uh, Yes. uh, All out uh, emanating from Chicago uh, this last Sunday. Not so much what happened uh, during the event, but actually what happened uh, after the event, uh, kicking off with the uh, post-pay-per-view press scrum, the uh, AEW uh, champion, uh, CM Punk, uh, took part in this media scrum with the owner of AEW, who is also the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tony Khan of the uh, Khan family. Uh, CM Punk launched into an unprompted monologue, uh, tearing down uh, other key figures in AEW, both both wrestlers and backstage personnel as well. Uh, This then led into a post-media scrum backstage brawl that occurred between uh, CM Punk and other members of the AEW roster. There have been multiple suspensions that have been thrown out. There are lawsuits flying around left and right. Championships have had to be emergency vacated for the progression of future storylines. And the future for AEW, at least the immediate future, is very much up in the air. So, Tony, Brian, it's all fake, right? Of course it is. I mean, come on. I just just rewatched that press conference. I mean... <laughs> to me, it looked like it was all scripted, except uh, what's his face? CM Punk, just every other word was F you, F you this, F that. But <laughs> it's it's oh, got to be a storyline coming up. I was joking. Do you do you feel like this is a, uh, they call it a work? Um, I, do you yeah. think this is all pre-planned? I, I really do. To get, to get the, you know, get the, the ratings have been down lately. I, I think it's a, a good storyline and. And something's going to happen down the road here, obviously. But CM Punk's a perfect, perfect one to you know to base it off of. The guy, the guy can act. The guy can wrestle. The guy. I mean, he made he made it sound like a bunch of high school drama watching the watching the press conference. But I re- I really think it's going to lead to some good storylines. I mean, I'm happy that they're that they had to in quotes give up their championships and so they can create other storylines and, and make us wait a few weeks to see what's going to happen. Tony, uh, this, as well as 9-11, inside job, all fake? <laughs> you agree? 
well, as they say, uh, you know, jet fuel can't melt a wrestling ring. And uh, I have to, I will say this, if it is, if this is for the sake of, sake of storyline, if these suspensions are all just to pull the wool over our eyes, it is very bold, but also very risky vacating championships and handing out suspensions this could lead to damage to the business at least in the short term it it gives the impression that perhaps management might not be in control as much as they should be but for those of us who enjoy this sort of uh, chaos playing out it's fine one way or the other Okay, so Brian, let's assume you're not an Alex Jones fan uh, and it's not all a conspiracy uh brian tony i was uncomfortable watching that video of cm punk phil brooks aka phil brooks of uh ufc losing fame and uh wwe fame um i was uncomfortable listening to him just tear apart the media that were there at the press conference the executive vice presidents of the All League Wrestling and other wrestlers as well. Um, I'm trying to think of like a more uncomfortable press conference that I've ever seen in the world of sports or pseudo sports. I can't think of one. How about the press conference we did with, with for Wazoo and Mike Leach and that one reporter? <laughs> yeah. uh, tell the fans, tell the fans about that who didn't, uh, who may not know. Uh, we long story short, a few years ago, we went to a Wazoo game. We covered it in a post game press conference. One of the local beat reporters, I can't remember his name, John Blanchett from John Blanchett. That's right. Review. Uh, he, he said, he, he said, watch out, watch guys. He, Coach Leach is, is going to ignore every question that I, I try to ask him. He's going to try to move on to, you know, one of you guys. He can't, I don't know why, why he's all upset with me, blah, blah, blah. And, we all had a good laugh of it. And then next thing you know, Mike Leach comes out and totally ignores John Blanchett and asking his other guys and he's cracking jokes. And uh, in the moment, I did not feel like I was having to laugh at it. In the moment, <laughs> I was wondering what the hell was going on. <laughs> True. We were you weren't I mean... laughing either. This, it was because we're talking about discomfort. That was uncomfortable. <laughs> and it was uncomfortable when uh, Blanchett would ask Leach a question and Leach ignored him and said anybody else yeah anybody else have a question look back and laugh but i get what you're saying it was uncomfortable at the time i mean it was all new to us too but tell me yeah. what was uh cm punk's problem with the media uh the media so uh again a, a long story that took place uh many years ago but uh cm punks ha- has a friend who goes by the name of colt cabana uh they We're doing a podcast together, not so much unlike this podcast here today. Uh, CM Punk at the time had recently uh, suffered an injury and had, uh, he claimed that he was misdiagnosed by WWE's doctor. Uh, The the doctor in question took uh, offense to that and launched a lawsuit against both CM Punk and Colt Cabana. CM Punk told his friend Colt, don't you worry about this. I will pay for the legal fees. I've got this, don't worry. During the trial uh, or during the lawsuit that played out, CM Punk went back on his word, pulled out of paying for Colt Cabana's legal fees, leaving Colt in the lurch. And that was the last time either of them ever spoke to each other. Now, Scott Colton, a.k.a. Colt Cabana, 
he doesn't even wrestle for AEW. So why is why why did Punk dredge up stuff from the past? Uh, what, what was the what was the win? What was the what was the what did he think he was going to get out of this? Uh, I believe it all stemmed from the fact that uh, Cole Cabana did work for AEW up until just a few months ago, and CM Punk's uh, joining AEW and coming onto their roster there coincided quite eerily with Colt Cabana's departure from the roster. So that dredged up old stories about that old lawsuit uh, um, amongst the wrestling media. And of course, CM Punk then got inundated by questions about, oh, are you still friends with Colt Cabana? Did the two of you still talk? Uh, Have you mended fences from that lawsuit all those years ago? And apparently rubbed CM Punk the wrong way. Brian, CM Punk, is he the difference between somebody that's casual that would want to watch AEW um, versus WWE? Or uh, even if somebody didn't watch wrestling generally, is he a big enough difference maker like a Hulk Hogan, like a uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, like a maybe even you know Dave Batista when he came back to WWE? Yeah, I, I would say he's more like a... He is a difference maker, but he's more of like a stone cold Steve Austin. I mean, obviously, you know, we know I'm a fan of wrestling, but if I wasn't a fan and I knew stone cold or CM Punk was, you know, going to appear at some live show on a Friday night, I, I would turn that on just, just to watch because CM Punk stone cold, they're entertaining on the mic and they, they know how to wrestle and they, they bring ratings. It doesn't matter where, where they go. Does it matter to you, knowing now that CM Punk was injured, Brian, uh, knowing that he probably was going to have to take time off anyway, does suspending him? uh, So Tony Khan, by the way, Tony Khan suspended uh, CM Punk and a bunch of other guys uh, involved in this fracas. Um, Does it matter that he's suspended? Was there any actual punishment to CM Punk when we knew that he was going to have to relinquish that title anyway? I, I don't think it matters if, especially if this does turn out to be a storyline. I mean, it gives him time to continue to heal up and then come back strong, you know, a month or two down. I don't, I don't know if they said how long the suspensions were or not anywhere, but I think they're still thinking that they're still trying to figure that out. Okay. E- either way, it's going to give him, I mean, if it is true storyline, it's going to give him time to rest and heal and sure. It makes him look like an asshole, pardon my language, but to many people, but it also makes him, <sighs> He spoke what was on his mind, and, and I, granted, it sounded like high school drama, but he's, he, he, he made it sound like he's, you know, like me, for example. If a young young person comes in out of college and, and starts managing me at my work, uh, I, 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 get, I get pissed off, and I would come talk to you about it, Abraham, on the podcast and tell him what, what a piece of, you know, what these kids <laughs> are. And so, yeah. Uh, Tony, it's been several dec- decades since you've been a kid. Uh, I mean, you know, probably, you know, uh, at least since the previous century. Oh, is this a is this a valid complaint by CM Punk that there's he used the term children running around in the back, uh, you know, back locker room, not listening to their elders? Is this a valid complaint or is this a old fogey that's stuck in his ways? 
I do think that there is merit uh, to what he said. He, uh, CM Punk was brought in to be a veteran voice in the locker room. And if some people choose not to accept, uh, on, on the one hand, if people choose to accept his advice, that's great. But people also have the option to not take his advice. Uh, no one is ever mandated to take advice from anyone else in the locker room, uh, in a pro wrestling locker room, that is, where there isn't a clear delineation of leadership. Uh, regardless, though, I think I think it shows a I would say a lack of concern from Tony Khan uh, during that press conference uh, as he sat there wide-eyed as CM Punk continued to uh, deride everyone who was involved. I don't know any other sports organizations where the owner of the league sits right there next to an athlete as they as they brow everyone else under their employment. So uh, maybe pr- not the best way that that could have gone down. So we're looking at what might now be termed all ego wrestling, Brian. <laughs> and uh, let, let's, let's take it in the form of uh, former Seahawks, uh, Richard Sherman, maybe even Earl Thomas, maybe even Michael Bennett. What, what is their what is there to gain to pop off in front of the media and put your put your coach put your uh, you know team owner in jeopardy i mean obviously as we saw from the seahawks they were okay with moving on without those guys mm, that's a great question I, I don't i guess that's a great question, Abraham. You got me stumped there. I mean, no, it is a good question because I asked it. Yes, I know. <laughs> there's not. I mean, there isn't really much to gain. I, mean, I guess if I was one of those pe- one of those guys acting like that, I mean, you're just making yourself look stupid, acting like an idiot out there, and you know, speaking your piece. But maybe it's to rile these guys up, and maybe you know, to get them motivated to do a better job. You know, to to change to to change your antics on and off the field. I don't know, but. I mean, that's a great question. I'm going to actually ponder that for a little longer. Do on that for a moment, Tony. There's more to this story in that three three people uh, who most people, like casual wrestling fans, may not know. Um, they are technically management within the AEW organizations. Their name are uh, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks uh, tag team. And then uh, Kenny Omega, and these are three guys who are technically management, technically wrestlers. How does that work? And how did how did they get themselves into this into this fist fight? Oh yes, well uh, during that ill-fated uh, media scrum, uh, CM Punk leveled some more accusations towards uh, those very members of management saying uh, one quote in particular was that they would not be fit to manage a target. <laughs> uh, so you, you can imagine that uh, all those people that you mentioned, plus others were quick to come to CM Punk's uh, locker room right after that uh, media scrum had concluded. Although everything that I've read said that CM Punk is the one who threw the first punch. Uh, And interestingly, those people that you mentioned arrived uh, to CM Punk's locker room with the head of AEW's legal team, uh, Mega Parak. Uh, She was there uh, during the fight 
and she is probably going to be very instrumental, uh, her testimony going forward as to the uh, lawsuits. So uh, more on this uh, legal person. This is uh, Tony Khan's right-hand woman, right? Correct, yeah. She is the uh, head of legal, not just for AEW, but for the Jaguars as well. Okay, so when, when they came to... This is a question for either of you. When they came to CM Punk's locker, wanted to talk about this, what did they think that they were going to gain out of that? Rather than say, let you know, cooler heads prevail and discuss it the next day you know, at, at the office. Uh, personally, I don't know what the hell they were thinking because like you just said, cooler heads prevail. They should have waited till the next day until everything set, you know, settled down, they all, you know, go home and get some rest. And I think it was an idiot, stupid move on their part. They gained nothing. And if they could take it back, they would. But again, I still think it's part of the storyline. So Tony poking the bear to poking the CM Punk. What value was there in doing that? I think it might just be, might just have been that some egos got out of control. Uh, everybody's got an ego, and when you have to sit that 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 uh, press scrum went on for twenty something minutes for a CM Punk's monologue, so that is a lot of time for your blood to start to boil. And I feel like it may have been the case for the aggrieved uh, parties to go and uh, go and have a chat with them, keeping in mind that the head of legal was with them so this probably they were probably waiting there uh for punk to get back i doubt that they took all this time to you know rally the troops and then go to cm punk's locker room but uh bringing the head of legal with you shows pretty strong evidence that you were not going there to immediately start throwing punches uh Wow, 20 minutes. I mean, that's Thunder Rosa couldn't even get eight minutes of <laughs> anyway. Oh boy. Um, wow. <laughs> but but wait a minute. Are the Young Bucks is Kenny Omega, are they representing management in that case? Or are they representing uh defenders of their buddy hangman Adam Page? I think a little bit of both. Because I mean, to, if you're if you're blurring the lines there, and you're CM Punk, you could see them as a group of guys ready to throw throw hands, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. you know it. <laughs> um, that that's an interesting situation. Why? Maybe they're not fit to manage a target because that's not how management should act. Management does not, you know, uh, if you guys are managing something and there's an employee acting out of out of order, it looks like they're trying to escort them out the building is what they're trying to do. Absolutely, but I, I know you're asking this certain question, but th those guys also all got suspended and they're part of management and if they were trying to interject, you know, to, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I, it's, I'm still standing firm on the, it's being the storyline because T Tony Khan suspended his other, his management team. I mean, they're, they're making it into a storyline. 
I gotta think before I talk. I'm sorry, but I uh, see. I'm just not buying the storyline part of it. But I mean, if it is storyline, I agree with Tony. It's the most elaborate, you know, uh, ruse that anyone ever pulled on uh, anybody aside from uh, uh, the moon landings, right? Or how about I'm WC- kidding? I'm joking. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> Tony. Obviously, Omega and the Young Bucks were suspended. They got their titles taken away. Uh, so it's just Tony Khan has had it with everybody? Or is Tony Khan rethinking their ability to lead? Uh, that is an excellent point. Uh, there was a there, there were similar gripes uh, just about two months ago in regards to a lack of leadership since there were multiple wrestlers who went on the record saying that they had been trying to get a hold of Tony Khan. I need to talk to him about my contract. I need to talk to him about my salary, this or that. And they simply weren't able to get through uh, to Tony. Uh, so about two months ago, Tony Khan issued a statement saying that there were going to be changes made and he uh, hired and promoted several people from within to create additional layers of organization in AEW. So theoretically for the last couple of months, there should be people that uh, an aggrieved wrestler could speak to rather than having to rely on Tony Khan's very uh, tight schedule. So to see that completely go by the wayside this past weekend uh, definitely comes as a surprise. Is that, is that their jobs as executive vice presidents? That should be, yes. Uh, they are executive vice presidents, but if, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say that they went to CM Punk's locker room not in their, uh, not in their capacity as EVPs, but simply as, uh, as, the, as the aggrieved party with uh, perhaps an axe to grind. Well, so now what, what I did, what we did notice is that on uh, Wednesday night, one of the people that, that Punk has a gripe with, and that's Hangman Adam Page. He got to wrestle, uh, wait, is it Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan? You can never tell, like he keeps switching his name. Uh, but, uh, Brian Danielson. But he got to wrestle. Um, so apparently he's off the hook, right? Uh, he, well, he was never on the hook to begin with. He was not part of the, uh, of the brawl that happened backstage. Right, but he was, uh, he was pointed out by Punk as part of the problem. Very true, but... Uh, but he didn't actually as, do anything wrong, is what you're saying. Correct, yeah. It's, uh, at least in this uh, circumstance with, uh, with Adam Page, we do see, uh, at least for one person, that cooler heads did prevail. So I want you to talk about this, Brian, because you know this is the point of contention as to whether it's a work or real. Apparently, uh, in the fight, uh, one of the Jacksons got, uh, you know, got a black eye and uh, Kenny Omega got bitten and there were punches thrown. Um, wh- what, uh, what part of that, like, are you thinking is a work? I, I still think all of it was work. I mean, they made it, maybe they didn't intend to hurt you, you know, give him a black eye or bite him, but I just just think I just still think it's all work. 
maybe their egos got a little bit involved in it and maybe there's a little bit of hatred towards each other and so so what does it look like what does it look like if it is a work um what's the booking look like when this is all settled down what do you what do you mean by booking oh, okay so if you if 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 you're saying it's a work then it's to lead to a greater storyline right yeah uh in your mind how would that look or what uh, are some possibilities uh, you, because you'd want to do this to make money right correct uh so how, how could they monetize th this uh, i mean obviously you, you got cm punk going after i i the one of you know one of the young bucks one week and then maybe like what they did with mjf and uh what's his face wardlow they they made him, you know, he had to wrestle this person. The next week he'd wrestle two other people and work his way up to till they got to, he got to face MJF a few months back. Maybe let's they explore, do something like that. Let's explore that a little bit more, Tony. If it is a work, how would you book it, Tony? Oh, if it was a work, I would say we obviously CM Punk is legitimately injured and undergoing surgery. So we let that slide. But what Tony Khan did was he immediately put together a title tournament that will run throughout the month of September. I think that's a great start, but we would lean into it. We would issue press releases saying that, uh, oh, we can't, we cannot comment on, on matters of ongoing litigation. Therefore management has no, uh, no stance at this time. We let it simmer for a little while, and then we have the young bucks jump the barricade back into the ring, grab a microphone, and get some things off their chest. Oh, we, we haven't seen them for a few weeks. I thought they were in litigation. I didn't know that they can't just jump back in here and grab a live microphone. Uh, Tony Khan should then come out at that point and order them to the back, order them not to speak about ongoing matters, and we just build from there about how... Uh, We've got people who need to, we need, we have people who need to set right what CM Punk had to say about them, but Tony Khan trying to keep them reined in rather than letting them just say whatever's on their mind, which could lead to even further litigation. I, I've kind of, I kind of have a similar concept. I was trying to think like, okay, if I were, if I were doing this, I would, yeah, I'd have CM Punk sit for six months. Uh, that pulls you into, uh, well, what's what's the one they have in Vegas? That's usually in March. Uh, oh yeah, uh, double or nothing. Double or nothing. Yeah. That would lead you into the pay per view for double or nothing, uh, where he comes back and he says, "You know what? I, I said a lot of stuff, but I was right. Those guys tried to try to beat me down, and you know my my own locker room. And that's why you'll never see those guys around here ever again. And then what I'd have for the next six months is." Uh, Young Bucks and Omega uh, wrestling for, well, actually what I'd have is the Young Bucks, you you fake that they've been uh, stripped of their EVP titles, that they've been stripped of, you know, uh, they've been banned from wrestling. I would then have Omega, who was just trying to like break up the fight. Um, Omega can, can wrestle on uh, uh, Ring of Honor, which is another property owned by Tony Khan, uh, but he can't be at all elite wrestling. And then I'd have Hangman uh, as like the only one left. And that would be for who, um, whom uh, uh, Punk would want to come back and, you know, try to destroy. Uh, but secretly, 
the young bucks are running their mouth off over in Japan uh, or in Mexico. And Omega is also running his mouth off at ROH and claiming that he's going to make his way back in. I'd have something like that where you kind of just build this up uh, and, you know, somewhere somewhere at that pay-per-view, you bring them all back. And then, like you said, Brian, you know, maybe Punk has to take them on one by one, you know, for the next for the next uh, couple months. That that's if it's the work. I mean, honestly, guys, let again, let's go under the it's not a work scenario. Uh, do the Bucks and Omega get to keep their EVP titles? I did. I don't think so. And yeah, I don't think so. I, I in fact think. It, uh, I think that this Kenny Omega getting, you know, suspended is good for him too, because part again, part of my storyline, but I, I think he came back too soon. I think Kenny he did Omega's, not look good the last couple of weeks. No, I think he's still hurt and he brought him back for ratings, obviously. So this will be good time for him to get some rest and then maybe go ring of honor, whatever you're saying. I like your theory there. Uh, Tony, can they keep the EVP titles? Uh, it's hard to say. We're only a few days removed here. I know that they are launching their own uh, internal investigation to find out what punishments go to which people. I would say, I would say no. Uh, again, we come to the to the the player coach type of thing. Uh, should wrestlers who are in a main event position even have that degree of authority in the first place over their own wrestling organization? Uh, it's traditional. A, it's it, traditional. It, it is traditional. Yes, it's a a family run uh, enterprise, so to speak. But, but going. No, I mean it goes back like uh, Vern Gagne at AWA. He was uh, Booker and Champ. Uh, Kevin Nash at WCW was Booker and Champ. Freaking Jeff Jarrett at TNA oh, didn't yeah. ruin that company by being owner and champ. Uh, I mean it. It's that kind of weird nepotism, or not even nepotism, but self-promotion happens in wrestling all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, very rarely does it ever happen for the better. Uh, what about? Okay, what about? Uh, no, I, I, I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. <laughs> WWE uh, Attitude Era wasn't Vince McMahon in charge creative, and also like a main player, main eventer, main eventer. Very true. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm right. Hooray. You are right. <laughs> you can, can, you can provided a, one counterexample. Congratulations. <laughs> can I ask a question, Abraham? Is, is that your question that you want to ask? I want to no, I want to ask That's Tony a question. a question. Can I I know you're the host, Let's but can ask I ask a question? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you think there's too many they've signed too many superstars for AEW and there's too many egos in that locker room? Did Tony Khan overdo it? You know, signing all these guys released from WWE and everywhere else in the world or what, what are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Yes. No. Well, hang on. That's two questions. I apologize. I I think that's two questions, right? Uh, One is, do they have too many, is their roster too big? And then the second one is signing from WWE. I think those have to be split. Sorry, Tony, what were you going to say? Sure. Yeah. Uh, for for that first question, are there too many uh, too many cooks in the kitchen? I would say absolutely. Uh, I have optimism though with uh, Tony Khan's purchase of 
uh, another promotion, Ring of Honor, as you mentioned, that there would be more opportunities for more people to wrestle and, and get work. Uh, in that way, I know that I hope for a better delineation of where you can see various wrestlers performing and have, and to, to avoid the pot boiling over, so to speak, with wrestlers going missing from week to week, month to month, as they try to rotate this very large, cumbersome roster in and out. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you need to get Ring of Honor, and I believe, don't they own Impact as well? Uh, they don't. Uh, not yet, though. <laughs> Although it's certainly within Tony's budget to buy uh, Impact and everything else if he sees fit. But there's cross-collaboration, right? Exactly, yeah. You'll see wrestlers from AEW popping up all over the place, uh, including wrestling here uh, locally in Capitol Hill. Where at? Uh, in Washington Hall. What's the is it? Uh, what, what's the name of the the promotion? Uh, that would be Defy Wrestling. Very okay. cool, very cool. Um, so I think I would, I would have to say that like you need to splinter off that Ring of Honor, make it your de facto minor leagues, uh, or at least a different type of wrestling. You know, the, it, it, you could easily split this roster in half, have your high flyers and you know the kind of things that. AEW has been known for, and then maybe have like your more professional, uh, uh, more WWE type wrestling on a different channel. But I think you would definitely need to get them on different channels and you definitely need to get them, uh, you know, uh, a TV contract, a TV contract, or else nobody's going to want to be sent down to ring of honor, unless you want to make it a minor league. You can do that too. Now for your WWE question, I would say that no, I think they have the right amount of WWE guys. Okay. Yeah. And I'd say it, I'd say it depends on a case by case basis. Uh, certainly there are wrestlers we've seen let go from WWE for just cause and would be a detriment to any organization that picks them up, but others have been let go simply for budgetary reasons and would be the complete opposite would be a great benefit for uh, any organization that hires them, whether it's AEW or otherwise. Uh, final words here, Tony. They need to cash in on this, don't they? They need they to get do. more mainstream buzz. Exactly. As the old saying goes, there's no such thing as bad publicity. And uh, let's hope whether whether we subscribe to the uh, conspiracy theory that we've all been uh, we've all been led astray, or whether this happened exactly as it was reported. Let's hope that AEW can capitalize and uh, and get some headlines out of it. Fantastic. Well, it's been um, great having you on the show here, Tony. Um, hopefully in the future, we'll get you on. We, uh, we like to do this. I, I know, I know soul man, you've been trying to get me to do this for, for uh, like a year now. Uh, we finally done it because I finally thought this is one that's important to people who enjoy the content. And, uh, um, and I enjoy the content with my buddy, Tony, who, uh, who, who we're going to have to kick, kick off the show. We're going to have to get rid of you because we have, the Soul Cal Seahawk, Robert English himself. Thank you very much for, ha uh, for having me uh, and enjoy the rest of the show. All right. Thanks, Tony. We'll see you next time. Hey, Rob, how's it going? Well, Rob might still be setting up, but, uh, but yes, I was using the word kickoff cleverly as today was the... Uh, Here I am. There he is. Hey, today Rob. was the very first uh, NFL... 
game of the 2022 season and our own Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks face the Denver Broncos. Let's ride them themselves with Russell Wilson coming back. And I just had to drag Rob English, SoCal Seahawk, onto the show to discuss a little bit of his buddy, number three. Because I know you're team three, right, Rob? A hundred percent. I am. I mean, you guys over the years now have always heard me say, I, I hope you remember that I am. I am a Seahawk fan first. But I definitely appreciate uh, great players. Now, you know, uh, Richard Sherman, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll back him to the end of the day. But when he went to the Niners, you know, when he come, when he's playing against my Seahawks, you know, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you know what that guy and It's the same situation for Russell Wilson. I got nothing but love for the guy. I, I wish him only the best unless he's going against, uh, you know, the, the green and blue. So, um, yeah, him coming in uh, on Monday night, it's going to be it's going to be great. But I hope we drive him into the turf. Speaking of driving into the turf, you and one Matthew, the damn Dirty Duck page, got into it last week. I got dragged into it. Uh, and Brian, you even backed us up uh, as far as uh, Matthew's opinion of uh, Russell Wilson. I think he's actually going to uh, make that team better. I really do. And I, I know it's a tough, it's a tough conference, but how? What is my question is what is wrong with Matthew Page? Let's just start there. <laughs> I, I've been wondering that for uh, for you know roughly the last uh, last six days um, <laughs> because uh, I, I I just cannot understand how he didn't believe that this the simple addition of of Russell Wilson to that team makes them you know, a, 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 a true contender. I, I, I can't square it in my head. I don't know. I don't, I, I agree. I don't know. Matthew must've taken one too many knocks on the head or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, seriously, like you just said, Russ, Russell's good. It's going to, it's like when Mariners traded Randy Johnson to Houston and made it back 20 plus years ago and make, it made them win their division. I mean, Russell, like I said last week, Russell is going to add at least six plus wins to that team in Denver, and they're probably going to get like second place. And I mean, Russell's Russell's a huge difference for any franchise. So here, here's what they got out of the quarterback position last year. Uh, the Denver Broncos, that is 3,800 yards. This is 99% Tiny Bridgewater, by the way, uh, with uh, about 218 yards per game, passing 18 touchdowns, seven interceptions, are uh, how can Russell do worse than that? Like it has to be an upgrade, doesn't it? I think uh, for sure. I mean, Russell, Russell does that, you know, uh, when he's injury ridden and, um, you know, uh, hobbled and, uh, you know, running for his life and, you know, or, 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 and probably half sleep, you know, even with, with, and, and, and coming off of COVID-19, he does, he does that with all those things at the same time. So um, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's no way. Uh, well, it, it's here, not here, here's to your point. Uh, would he play in something like, uh, I think it was like half, it was a little bit more than half the season, right? Uh, right. 3,100 passing yards. 25 touchdowns, six interceptions. He had more touchdowns passing in fewer games. And if you extrapolate the amount of uh, games with the yards, he's way better than Teddy Bridgewater. 
Sure. And I don't even know if that's even a, I mean, we're not even debating that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt was. Matt was. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's just assume that Matt Page lives in his own little world. Um, the Broncos come in here Monday night, hostile environment. Uh, what, what can the Seahawks do? What can they do to win this game against a team that's probably, not probably, uh, observably, there's more talent on the Broncos than there are the Seahawks. What are the keys? Uh, Rob, give me one, and then Brian, give me one, and I'll give you a third. I'll I'll put a third key out there. Uh, for me, I think, I, and maybe this is the low hanging fruit, but uh, familiarity um, um, in 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 the play style um, of of Russell Wilson. I mean, you can't have a guy who was the face, the lifeblood of your team, really, for the last decade. Um, you can't you can't have have him come to your house on the very first week of the season and not know how to at least attack him. Uh, it may not work, but you 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 have to have the uh, 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 enough tape, you know, to 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 know to have a philosophy to to put up against him. Um, now he might be able to over to overcome that and win the game out uh, ultimately, but you you have to know where to attack, how to attack him, what to do, what to expect. Um, uh, against Russell Wilson, he's been there. I mean, he's you know he's a decade. You have a decade worth of film on him. Brian, can you give me your key? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say my key. To the game is Jamal Adams. I think if we can get the old Jamal Adams back from two seasons ago, plus I, I think he makes everybody on that defense better in, in itself. And like Rob said, we they, they know Wilson's game if they study the game film. So it, if if Adams comes back, the all pro that he is, I think that's gonna be huge. Did you guys notice that there's a different way they're going to use them? Have you noticed that they're going to run five defensive backs out there more often? They're going to drop, uh, at least this is what I saw in preseason, they're, uh, they're going to drop a safety down into a linebacker-ish position, which probably should be uh, re, uh, uh, Adams, right? Uh, and then probably throw in Ryan Neal. I, I'm very excited about this. I think that's. I, I think that might return him to a place he's more comfortable and that's within five yards, uh, five to 10 yards of the line rather than playing deep in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 let's keep an eye out for that. Uh, I'm going to try to be as optimistic as possible. Uh, and I'll, I'll throw out there for my key, a what if scenario. What if the running back tandem of Penny Walker, uh, and then obviously there's some other running backs like Homer and uh, Dallas back there. What if this turns into a ground and pound offense where they're dominating clock, where they're taking 35 to 40 minutes off the clock, and they may have to settle for field goals, they may have to settle for uh, you know flipping the field, but you know what if it becomes a scenario where all Gino has to do is move the chains on like third and four, third and three. Because that's just a drop down pass to the running back, right? Or maybe a drop down pass to the tight end. Things that we did not see from Russell Wilson when he was here. Uh, the Russell Wilson days, just a reminder, guys, that was kind of more of a, uh, 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 you know, play action pass, drop, uh, go deep, scramble until something opens up. A little more improvish, 
you know, what if it's more by design, uh, move the balls with running back screens, running back flares, handoffs to the running back. And then Gino just has to be that, that age old term of game manager. What do you guys think? I think that would be amazing if, if we could actually make that happen. That to your point, if we can run the ball, uh, consistently and successfully if we if we can um uh and you, you mentioned third downs third downs is going to be huge obviously and, and third downs have been a bugaboo uh for a while um but if we can if we can sustain drives with the running game i'm talking you know uh drives of you know 10 12 13 15 you know uh plays like it, we win this game 24 17 um because we, we're not gonna we're not gonna put up big numbers uh, but if we're sustaining drives like that, run the ball down their throat, that's that's going to take the defense out of the game by third quarter. Um, and, we're, and we're dominating the clock. Um, I think that that probably has to be the way we win. We're certainly not going to win in a shootout. Um, so what if that happens? Um, I, you know, what if happy day for us? And, and you know, we go through, we get to happy, uh, go through next week with a smile on our face. <laughs> I agree. With oh. what, I real quick. I agree with what both of you guys said. I, I if, if that happens, that'll be a miracle. Miracles do happen, but I think that's the best way, best chance for us to win for sure. So let me, let me throw out there uh, two weaknesses and uh, see what you guys think about how to overcome them. Uh, weakness number one, that linebacker position. Uh, how, how do we, how do we stop this dominating run game by the Broncos with what I think are not as good linebackers as we have in the past. And then two, uh, how do we, how, how do we get that, get that ball into the hands of Lockett and uh, Metcalf? We, if they go with the run game, we know that they're going to be packing nine in the box. What, what does Gino need to do? Or what does the coordinator Shane Waldron need to do? Uh, what do you guys think? I'll, I'll I'll go first on the linebacker situation. I mean, I agree with you; they're very weak. But maybe what you were saying earlier about the five defensive backs and Jamal Adams plays closer to help up front. I mean, maybe that'll help strengthen it a little bit, perhaps. I'm glad you went there because that's exactly what I was thinking too. Right on. Um, and then for the wide receiver, your comment about the wide receivers. I mean. Can Gino do a play action pass every once in a while and, you know, hit our two studs down, you know, over the middle, if they think they're going to play the run against us? Rob, what do you think? Uh, First of all, before I, before I go into this, uh, let me just say, stop the presses because we all, all three of us right here in this space right now, we all agree on something that uh, uh, (laughs) the the original comment. Yes. We, Jamal Adams coming down the box. I mean, that's our that's our only option, really. We're gonna have to take that, get that guy who is a linebacker, who guy who just wants to play linebacker, even though he's a safety. Um, you know, let let's let him let's let him do his job or do that job, um, and hopefully we yeah, he can provide that support um, at the second level against that running game. Um, with the uh, uh, throwing the ball, yeah, I mean it, we've got to run to set up the pass, um, and and if we can get um, if we can get three yards of carry, maybe a little more. Um, you know, like you said, they're going to have to stack the box and that's when you throw, uh, you throw, um, you know, maybe a bubble screen or then you go play action. 
um, and, you know, just just get them cheating up so you can catch them so you can catch them, uh, you know, catch them on it. Um, and, you know, if you if you get a if you get them in the box, you run that play action, have Geno Smith, uh, you know, uh, scram, uh, ran, uh, bootleg out. Um, you know, it, it, Gino is mobile enough to do that. He's not obviously Russell Wilson, but uh, but he's got enough legs to be able to pull that ball back in and and and, uh, and turn out um, and find somebody downfield. Maybe might look a little, you know, Russell Wilson-esque, you know, find a, a, a crossing um, Tyler, Tyler Lockett. You know, uh, maybe it'll look kind of like the Seahawks. Well, not the Seahawks of old, but maybe sort of reminiscent, maybe sort of reminiscent. Yeah, I would love to see that exact thing is if they start stacking the box to, to, to stop the run, just send Metcalf and Lockett just one-on-one. Take take your cornerback and then tell Gino take a shot at one of them because I'll take Tyler Lockett and TK uh, Metcalf over pretty much any cornerback. Uh, yeah. There might only be two or three in the league, and nobody has two of them that can stop both of them. No. Uh, and just say, you know what? You, you're going to stuff against the run, bring your safety up. One of those two guys, I'll take a 50-50 ball against. And and to that point, yeah, I would say, I mean, I mean, yeah, anytime you got DK one-on-one with somebody, you throw the ball up there. Like, there's no good reason not to throw a ball up to DK Metcalf if he's got somebody one-on-one. That's yep. just, I mean, that, that that's, a, that's a missed opportunity. I, I would take, I would be okay if we throw two interceptions in that in that scenario if you if you take it every single time i would not be i would not be so mad about it because it's such an obvious go-to that even if the worst potential thing happened i still wouldn't be that mad but you get you get dk back up one-on-one with pretty much any defensive back out there throw the ball to him throw it up let, 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 him, let him use that big body and go up there and get it does it baffle you guys that we didn't see that last year yeah Certainly, yep. not, certainly not that we didn't see it. Certainly that we didn't see it more often. Yeah, I just yep. remember week after week our text message strings of like not even an attempt to DK Metcalf in the first <laughs> half. Like, right. I I, st- I still do not know if that was by design or if that's just Russell Wilson not feeling comfortable or if Metcalf couldn't get off his uh, couldn't get off his block. I I still don't know to this day wh- how you divide that pie as to what was at fault? Well, I, I would say if if on the off on the chance that it had something to do with Russell's comfort level, maybe with with his receiver, um, we probably will see the opposite of that this year because I think you have Geno Smith is going to be looking to DK Metcalf as an outlet. I mean, because I mean he's you know obviously not as good of a of a of a player at quarter at the quarterback position. So you're going to be seeing uh, Geno Smith looking, you know, for 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 help at the receiver position rather than you know being the being the man, right? He's going to be looking to these guys. So yeah, he's going to be looking to make have have DK Metcalf make him look good rather than the other way around with Russell Wilson. So I think we'll see more of it. Speaking of Russell Wilson, have you guys read any of the articles from ESPN? Regarding. Oh, just talking about the breakdown, uh, the break, the breakdown in the relationship between Russell Wilson and management. And this was not, this was not something that was, uh, that happened overnight. It, it's been going on for years. Yeah. I don't really take too much, put too much stock in all that stuff. I mean, so, I mean, one thing—it's one thing or another, right? Either, either Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll's lying to our face, 
or the media is making stuff up for to get clicks and reads. I mean, which 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 one is it? I, I um, you know, I, I don't I don't have enough bandwidth to to really try to figure out which is which. I, I Russell says, hey, you know what? If I could have stayed in Seattle, I would have. Pete Carroll says if we could have kept him in Seattle, we would have. And let's just take that to the bank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well said. <laughs> just out of curiosity, Abe, what, what do you? You said it was on ESPN. Was it like a, a Denver beat writer? Was it a Seattle? No, beat Matt, Matt sent us. Matt sent us the article uh, in text message. I don't know if I you saw it. I did. It's a national. It's a national writer, and actually, this is not news. He's actually citing things that have been happening. Uh, you know, articles that have been written in the past. I mean, it's not. Mm. It's not somebody with the grudges. That's what you're asking. Yeah. Um, they, these are documented things, and uh, I told you, Rob. I told you two years ago about this and, and uh, you know, so I, I, I'm glad I'm vindicated, even if you are going to poo poo it. Um, so I'm going to take that as a win against you uh, because, because I knew there were problems years ago. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was going to, I was going to ask if you guys had a, had a sense of doing it all over again, how could the Seahawks have done things differently or was this inevitable? I, I'll go real quick. It, I think it was just an inevitable because there's just too many too many holes on this team. And we talked about it last week. We, if we could, we would have paid Russ if we could, but we needed to spend the monies elsewhere to re- repair this team. I mean, it, inevitable would be my answer. Rob, uh, Russell wasn't happy being here. Was there a way to uh, mollify that? in a logical manner? No, I really don't think so. Uh, this is, and I, I fight this fight with, with various different people all the time. How could you let Russell Wilson go? You know, and I think, I mean, this is, it, it's really at the crux of what creates parody in the league, right? Like this, this happens, yeah. this happens at some point. You, you, you know, very rarely do teams stay as good as we stayed for as long as we stayed. Uh, mm-hmm. As long as we stayed good, that, that that's a very, very rare thing. Thing some things have to come, have to just fall in your lap. Some, some things you got to get lucky, and some things you make some good decisions. Um, and 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 we did that, but sooner or later, you know, the the wave the wave breaks and rolls back, you know, and it's going to start to slowly degrade or slowly erode. Sometimes you can bring it back a little bit, um, you know, but a lot of times you it, it, you, you can. You have to have it has to fall, you know, down to a certain point, and then you build build it back up again. We just did that. We're on the back end of that, um, and we're gonna have to suffer through it again and, and power through it. But um, no, there was no way to really fix it. The money only spends once, um, and 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 it was spent. Um, you know, and, and we spent that. We spent the money the way we spent it in an effort to keep us good as long as we could, where the window of opportunity was still it was still a feasible window there. Um, once it's gone, you gotta you gotta you know you gotta just you gotta bite the bullet and know when to cut your losses and and and, and move on and try again. Yeah, I mean, we're already seeing it in Green Bay. They paid Aaron Rodgers, meaning they had to get rid of Devontae, um, not Parker, Devontae Adams. Adams. Uh, they they paid for Kyler Murray, and a lot of pundits are saying that was a, that's a mistake. That's not a guy that you throw all that money at. And then right now the Ravens are having to think long and hard, you know, is Lamar Jackson – the one to get us, you know, to the, to the promised land. It, it, it's a tough call because I think what, what did, uh, 
what did Russell get? Fifty million a year, forty-nine million a year, something to that effect. Yeah, something like that. So that's a quarter of your payroll, meaning you're going to have to skimp elsewhere. So I get, I agree with you guys. This was an inevitability that that was going to happen, and you know, I only wish. I mean, the why why did they not draft a quarterback like a year or two ago? Like, and I know, I know, in those articles, Russell Wilson was complaining about you know, going and scouting out Patrick Mahomes. But uh, yeah, that turned out to be the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going around scouting out uh, other quarterbacks. I mean, that's your job as a GM. That's your job to do that kind of stuff. Um, so I kind of wonder if the new model becomes, you know, unless you got a Tom Brady that you get a quarterback, maybe give them one contract and then move on. I mean, you know what? We could have, but, you know, we we still have the problem of addressing other holes in those drafts, you know. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, we could have we could have drafted a quarterback, but we'll, would we have really been in any better position today um, than, than, you know, than we are than we are now because we would have left other holes open. We might we might have seen uh, this degradation in our team's uh, play and, and, and effectiveness even sooner. Uh, I, I say, uh, yes, we would be in a better position. Uh, one, there's a certain amount of confidence you'd have in a backup quarterback two, or a, a drafted quarterback versus two has-beens. Actually, one has-been and one never will be. Um, and then <laughs> secondly, our drafts have not been that good with the exception of this last year. Uh, you know, maybe if you drafted a quarterback, then you don't have to, you know, you, you don't, you can have somebody to groom and you don't have to uh, panic like you did this year. Um, and, you know, maybe you can get rid of Russell a little bit earlier, free up that cap space, that kind of stuff. I, I, I yeah, I just am not a fan of not having a backup quarterback. I, I don't, I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, 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 I suppose, but I mean, your backup quarterbacks are are backups for a reason, right? Because they're not starter quality. So I mean, to to so if you're if you're looking for a starter quality backup, I think you're kind of you're kind of spinning your wheels. Uh, I mean, it's it the the draft's crapshoot, right? You don't know, uh, right? Especially, you know, especially since we didn't have. Uh, uh, I mean, we could have got we could have got either. Uh, uh, God, who was the guy's name? Um, your guy Malik Willis, right? Oh yeah, my guy. You know, at at this point, I'm inclined to say maybe we should have taken a stab at him. You know uh, what? At this point, because what? I truly, Rob, I truly, honestly thought we were getting Baker Mayfield. So did I. I that yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought I thought at some point or another it was going to come. It was going to happen. However, it was going to happen. I, I I gave up on trying to figure out how it was going to happen. I figured it was going to happen. <laughs> And, and if it wasn't him, I truly honestly thought we'd get a Jimmy G or a Case Keen. I, I don't pick, pick a guy that's slightly better than what we got. I thought we were going to get one of those sure. guys. Um, but, you know, I, I see uh, Mariota goes to Atlanta and I see Matt Ryan goes to Indiana. And I'm like, well, Seahawks, you got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they didn't. And it, it just, um, you know, now I'd rather like you, 
whatever QB is, is out there in the seventh round of last year's draft, I would rather have that than the two guys that we have, because I, I think we know what these guys are. Well, anyway, uh, let's move on to, let's, let's, we're, at, we're towards the end of our show. So let's, uh, let's check in with you guys on your prediction for this week. What do you guys think? How do you guys think it's going to turn out this Monday night at Lumen Field? Um, I'll go first. First of all, even though it's not part of the question, I believe that all the fans should cheer Russell Wilson at the beginning because they're all saying, Oh, no, no, no. Let's let's go with that. Why, uh, why, why do you think fans should cheer? Because he, he won us a Super Bowl. He, he had a hell of a he career did. here. It was just him. No, but he's part of a sorry, let me rephrase that. Is part of a Super Bowl winning team led by Will, Russell Wilson, and he just brought a lot to the franchise. And it, he's moved on, and we need to move on, and we need to give be, give him the standing ovation that he deserves. No, so. no, no, no. You, you, my friend, were here in Seattle when the Bronco Buster T-shirts were distributed. I was, yes, I you, remember those you, days. You, my friend, were probably wearing a John Elway. Uh, Mr. Ed T-shirt. Now you are totally wrong, Mr. Ed. (laughs) Weren't the Broncos our most hated team back in the day? Hundred percent. Yeah, but you could still cheer for Russell Wilson. You crazy? If if Steve Largent would have been traded, but to the to the hated Broncos, I still would have given him a standing ovation. And it's it's he wasn't though. I mean, so that's not a good argument. I want to swear so much and, right and now. Ru- you. And Largent, you comparing Largent to Wilson? They're both Hall of Famers. Big deal. No, They're different no, no, positions. No, 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 no. Steve Largent left the league leading in receiving yards, catches, touchdowns. Russell Wilson will not do that. He will not be Russell Wilson. He may be in the Hall of Fame, but he is not the greatest quarterback of his generation. Largent was the greatest quarterback or receiver for a certain set of years until Rice came. Okay, fair enough on that point, but. I'm- so you're saying you're going to boo Russell on Monday night? Oh yeah, definitely. Will you record it, please? I want to see this. No, I no. I, I think I have a ticket to the game. Okay. I'm going to myself. I don't need to record it. Okay. Well, surprise, surprise. Uh, I obviously, obviously disagree with Abraham Deweese. Um, uh, yeah, no, I will. Well, I, not, I won't because I won't be at the game. But I will from from my from my couch. I will cheer and scream and 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 clap for uh number three uh in in orange uh one time you know mm-hmm. when he when he comes out on the field and and then i will and then i will yell and scream um you know in a much more negative uh fashion for the rest of the game <laughs> and from that and that and for that point from that point forward um to, to uh to select's point yeah no dude come on the, it, it, the guy we are not going to be those type of fans who are just going to turn on somebody because stuff went stuff went away we the uh, away other than we would have, have, have liked it to go in this utopian you know way of thinking and it's not pleasantville this is business it happens russell wilson is the greatest thing to happen to the seattle seahawks along with pete carroll and john schneider you would not boo this man okay he gave he 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 played almost every single game that he that he was on the roster for the Seattle Seahawks, he played almost every single game until his final year with the with with the team. He took us to the Super Bowl twice. He won one of them, nearly won a second one. He did think he he holds records 
Uh, he's done things that other quarterbacks haven't have never done. I mean, come on, you're going to boo him? No way. No chance. And I don't even believe Abe when he says it. <laughs> he won one Super Bowl and lost another. I mean, if we're just going to put it on one guy. He didn't lose the Super Bowl. He did. You threw an interception. That's oh. <laughs> Throw the ball lower, Russell. Uh, and this, this whole team three, I guess you guys don't care about that. I guess you guys didn't read the article from ESPN that talked mm. about how he bitched and moaned, whined and complained, and he wanted to be able to be involved in personnel decisions and all these things. I'm sorry. No. He, he whined and complained. I'm petty, and I will boo him. Dude, why would you not want your dear best player? Why would you be mad that your best player wanted to be involved in what goes on with the team? That the the one guy on the team who's who's actually wears a helmet, who if if anyone was gonna have any say on what goes on, it would be him. And the guy, the guy, I mean, the guy you expect to make to make to move mountains and make magic happen, and he say, hey, well, let me uh let me have a little say in uh, what we put out there on the field with me, and that's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a player. He doesn't get to make management decisions. He can he can talk about it to the coach, tell management, but he doesn't get to make to LeBron decisions. Jennifer. This is not Tom Brady. He thinks he's Tom Brady, and he is not a Tom Brady. Why not? Seven Super Bowls versus one. I'll start there. Yeah, well, you know what? Maybe if you I mean, had they, more... They both, they both are going to divorce their wives, but, you know, other than that, they're different people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I took a shot at Brady, but <laughs> instinctive. I, I had to do it. All right, guys, we're at the end of our show. Predictions <laughs> for this Monday. What do you guys think? I'll say I'll say Broncos 24, Seahawks 15. And you know what? It is this is really hard. I, I, I have always had a hard time picking against my team. I, I usually, you know, can find a way. To, to 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 conceptualize uh, the Seahawks pulling a win out um you know and I hadn't really I hadn't really been able to figure anything out um all week long as a, or even all month long um however when I did look uh, I was flipping through uh uh Instagram earlier today or might have been was it Instagram one, one of the social medias and uh Daniel Jeremiah actually picks uh the Seahawks to win 24 21 so uh, it potentially this game goes down um, uh, uh, to to the end of the game, and Seattle wins with a walk off field goal. So I mean, there's that. But what are you picking? Oh, see, you weren't supposed, you weren't supposed <laughs> to come back with that. <laughs> I don't care about this Daniel Jeremiah. <laughs> what is Rob English? Um, I, I I see us keeping the game competitive um, into late in the third quarter, and then um, probably a probably a, a mistake. Probably a mistake um, uh, by one of our young players. Uh, I say on offense um, or, or just a, a really poor drive, leaves us in a bad spot on defense and we're unable to keep Russell out of the end zone. Um, we lose this game by six. Yeah, I unfortunately see a loss as well. I also think it's going to be a sloppy, sloppy game uh, uh, defensively for both teams. And I, I you know, I'll, I'll say it's going to be like 24-20. Uh, Broncos, uh, you know, just a couple big plays for both teams uh, that, you know, as neither team can stop the run game. So, <laughs> yeah. all right, guys, we're at the end of our show. Uh, let's do our what we usually do, just our quick shout outs here. Uh, you want to kick us off, Brian? Yeah, I'm going to go with 
former Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner, who sacked uh, uh, Josh Allen in tonight's football opening football game, and I, he had another great game. And I, he, when he comes to Seattle, I will cheer him once too, just like I'll cheer Russell Wilson. Anyways, uh, best of luck to Bobby Wagner. I'm going to miss not him having him play here. And I will say just before I give mine, just a quick, just to real say real quick, not, Bobby Wagner did get the sack. However, he did let Josh Allen uh, uh, extend the ball over the goal line. It was one on one between the quarterback and Bobby Wagner, and he gave up the touchdown. So Ooh. you know, I was like, I was like, that's what you get for leaving the Seahawks, Bobby. But, <laughs> <you> anyway. um, <laughs> but uh, my my shout out, <laughs> my shout out goes to that damn dirty duck uh, because uh, Oregon got their tails handed to them <laughs> the other day and i i i think you guys saw in the text in the text uh in our in our group text i wanted to make sure that we didn't all need to call him and talk him off the ledge or what um so uh you know i, I i'm gonna get i'm gonna make him my shout out uh you know just show him a little love i was very supportive of matt page uh when his team the oregon ducks lost to the university of georgia by quite a bit um i texted him to tell him that i did not agree with the comments that the georgia fans and coaches had about the oregon ducks i thought it was classless uh that destroying another team 49 to 3 or whatever it was uh uh that, that they should be above that kind of thing so i did console him by reminding him that they lost by over 40 points in georgia, to georgia. Um, it was unacceptable like i I cannot, uh, I cannot abide by that buffoonery. Uh, but anyway, uh, my shout out is to Bob Lucky. Uh, he is uh, here on the Seattle Sports Union and his mother is in the hospital, uh, suffered a stroke the other day. So, oh. uh, you know, all the, all the best to your mom, Bob. Uh, hope you hope, hope that turns out well. All right, guys, that's the end of our show today. Uh, we are the Seattle Sports Union. On behalf of Rob English, SoCal Seahawk, Soul Man Brian Solak, and our guest from earlier, Tony uh, DeFrancisco. I'm Abraham Deweese, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.